Yo, yo, welcome back to the Two Coin Podcast. It's your boy Ronnie. And I'm Waleed, the other side of the coin. Our top story today, Josh Hart's had LeBron's nuts all over his face. Man, 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 what a sad day when you got these nuts in your mouth, kid. What did you think about that, man? I just thought that was fucked up for him to You know what's funny? You know what's funny? <laughs> you know what's funny? And just for some background here, we're talking about uh, the IG pic that LeBron posted today of, you know, the freeze frame of him dunking over Josh Hart and coincidentally the very first pick is his fucking nuts dragging across his face (laughs) (laughs) face on mouth hold these nuts action but the funny thing about that is like i don't even remember like espn showing that as like a top highlight or like a top 10 play or nothing you know somebody sent that to lebron like hey dog i think you need to post this up (laughs) we got your boy he's slipping and he's like fuck josh hart he says something about my mama (laughs) (laughs) like josh hart must have said some foul shit for him that, I mean, shit, bro, why else would LeBron, even if it ain't some foul shit, maybe it was some, like, slick remark or, like, oh, nah, you ain't, you ain't gonna do nothing, uh, you ain't gonna do nothing, OG. Yeah. Oh, you ain't about it. Oh, you just joking around. Next morning. <laughs> hey, yo, Josh, man, why LeBron got a pick with his nuts on your face? <laughs> bro, honestly, I don't think any of the, the young guys in the league really want to talk shit to LeBron because they all grew up on him, and now he's the best player in the league still. Yeah. No, yeah, bro. Especially when they was kids, he was the best player in the league. Yeah. Outside of, like, you know what I mean? Some would argue Kobe, but that's neither here nor there. But the fucking, um, I was going to say, Josh Hart probably said something about, like, Anthony Davis or something. You some know, about Pelicans the trade, and Lakers. Yeah. There's always going to be some animosity there for some reason because AD's on that team when he could have been on the Pelicans. And I don't know. Hey, here's a little, this might be reading too much into it, but you remember that hashtag that said Washed King? I've never yeah. seen LeBron put that hashtag before. Really? Yeah. That's what I say. Maybe I'm tripping. I don't nah, know. he puts it on all his picks, bro. Wash King. That's yeah. what I was about to say. Maybe like Josh Hart walked past and like, oh, bro, you yeah. washed. Nah, he's been he's been putting that hashtag on like all his IG picks. Well, at least all the IG picks that he has of him like as basketball plays. You know what I mean? Like from this year. Yeah. Every time he posts like a highlight of him on Instagram, he'll put the hashtag Washed King. Okay. Okay. Year seventeen, whatever. Whatever. See, I, I know. The, I seen the year seventeen James Gang. I know that's just like he always be doing that. Yeah. Last year it was year sixteen. Year yeah. fifteen. Hey, speaking of which, man, I know it's hella random, but dog, what you think? Like another three, three more years of this fool being a, like top five, top six? I was having this argument with like a, a couple of my friends in the group chat the other day, and they're like, "Hey, bro, is LeBron, is LeBron still in his prime?" And we we're all like, "Yeah." And then like one of my homies was like, "Nah, man, he's not. He's not in his prime. His prime happened when he was on the Heat." I'm like, "Bro, he's arguably just as good." As he was on the Heat. Maybe if you take Maybe off all th- his physicals, his mental is ten Not times. even that. Like, the physical, like, you can argue, like, he's in more shape now than he was when he was with the Heat. No, I'm not even talking about shape. I'm talking about just athletic ability. But it's, it's not even like it's all the way gone, though. Like, oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> he, he's still like a freight train coming down. He's still quick. He's, he's still bouncy at 35. And fucking... I don't know, man. Maybe the only thing you can argue is there's, like, a slight decline in, like, the defensive end. But, I mean, But shit. even then, this year he's picked it up because he heard all the rumblings and all the shit talking last year. And on top year. of that, he got help to play defense now. He ain't the only motherfucker. He got Anthony Davis, who is arguably the defensive player of the year this year. Ooh. Who are you putting over? Over, ah, oh, damn. He does lead the league in blocks right now. He's, huh? I think they're going to give him defensive player of the year because he has to get at least one by now. Like, the fact that Anthony Davis doesn't have a, a, a Defensive Player of the Year award yet is pretty crazy. You know what else is crazy? Don't LeBron not have one either? Nah, I'm a, uh, I don't I know, know he's got a couple of defensive teams. I don't think he's got a Defensive Player of the Year. Let's ask Siri. <laughs> hey, Siri. <laughs> trying to educate us real quick? Nah, but... I mean, hey, so how important is that, like, now that we, uh, we're talking about, how, how important is a Defensive Player of the Year to somebody's catalog? It's very important, especially if you want to be, like, an all-timer. You got to have at least one of them, I think. More. Yeah. Yeah, bro. Uh, he doesn't got a defensive player of the year. Really? He got five uh, first teams and then one second team. Okay, see, yeah, that's bullshit. So, I, I mean, feel like LeBron, I can, there's probably at least four years where LeBron has deserved defensive player of the year. Yeah. I'd say at least <coughs> the fact that he doesn't have two, he should have easily got one, what was it, like 08, 09? If not, you're not gonna. If you if you don't want to give it to him his first three four years, you know he, I mean? he should have gotten one in one at of least his. one in Miami. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like his first two years in Miami, yeah, he should have gotten at least one. Yeah, but you 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 really put old boy AD up in there for this year? Yeah, yeah, over somebody like Giannis. 
they don't give Giannis MVP. So if they give him MVP, they're not gonna give they're him. not gonna give him Defensive Player of the Year. But it's a good point, man. Like, but Giannis, like that's fucked up. Like how you just not gonna give somebody something just because like oh well, we we gave you this, so be happy with that. There is a there is a strong argument to be made that Giannis is the best player in the league right now. I wouldn't argue it, especially because now he's shooting, like at a respect respectable rate. Like you can still probably leave him open and take your chances, but I mean it's only gonna get harder and harder from here. Yeah, but he's he's making them now. Because honestly, like the. Uh, yeah, no, nah, I mean, bro, you know me. Like, I'm always going to sit here and just be like, LeBron's the greatest, this and that. But right now, trajectory, where they're going, you might be right, bro. Like, Giannis is on that. He, he's about to hit that cusp of, like, y'all cannot touch me at all. Yeah. Like, right now, you got teams that can still throw bodies on him. Give this man, like, a year or two, and he's going to be entering that whole shit when we see with LeBron. And he's always had that mindset. Like, you talk about, like, Russell Westbrook and, like, Damian Lillard and a couple of other players that have that like Mamba mentality, like that got passed down from Kobe. But I feel like Giannis is like, Was he's born he, with he, it? yeah, he's up there. He's 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 one of those players for sure. I mean, just cause like, I don't know, man. I just fuck with his approach. Like he doesn't talk trash. He's no nonsense. He dominates quietly, and he doesn't. He's not buddy-buddy or friends with any NBA players outside of his teammates. Hey, you know what's hella funny? Literally reiterating what you just said, that whole uh, interaction with Drake, when Drake was out here trying to do all that extra he's been shit. Trying to, he's been trying to like taunt him for like the past two years. And it's not and getting it, it, to him not, at all. It hasn't worked. It hasn't worked. They could say it's worked when like they lost last year to the Raptors in the playoffs and shit, but that's only because Eric Bledsoe is trash. That ain't got nothing to do with Drake. Hey, 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 you heard it here, man. A little side note. My man just jinxed his uh, fantasy team, but, you know, we ain't going to talk about <laughs> that. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> we always got to bring up the fantasy, man. Hey, but, um, shit, yeah. I would say, honestly, it, see, I was about to say, Giannis might end up winning the MVP these next two, three years, but you got somebody like Luka. Yeah, he's going to come up. He might fuck around and win MVP next year. But it also, a lot of it has to do with team success. Bro, the Mavs, I feel like the majority of it has to do with team success. What do you say? They got to be at least... I, I would give it to somebody that's a fourth seed, fifth seed. Like, the past few years, I think, like, the MVP has always been the best player on, like, one of the best teams in the league. Outside of Russell Westbrook's that he got a couple years ago. But that was only because KD had just left. And, and he, was, he averaged a triple-double for, like, the first time. Yeah. And they were still a playoff team. So... I don't know, man. Yeah, nah, you uh, like I'm. I'm just going through it right now, like all the different. Mark Cuban cannot blow this Luca opportunity, because pause. I don't because <laughs> <laughs> you got a you got a transcendent superstar, and you got Porzingis as a good second option. But that doesn't mean you're done building. You got to keep adding pieces to him. Hey, is it wrong for me to say that I don't think Porzingis is as good as everybody thought that he was gonna be? Well, he is coming back from a pretty serious injury. No, not even that. I'm just saying, even before like him, he's he his perfect slot is as a two as a two man. He's he's not gonna be the guy, your franchise player leading you to a chip. Yeah, you know what I mean. And like, yeah, you can make the argument like, oh, he was. I on mean, if you're the Knicks, yeah. But no, that's what <laughs> I was about to say. You can make that. the argument that oh, he was on the Knicks, and like, you know what I mean? They're yeah. a trash ass organization. That doesn't count. But like, I don't know. Like watching him, he ain't that type of player that's gonna take you to the promised land just off of him alone. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's true. Luca is somebody you put, you surround Luca with shooters the same way motherfuckers surrounded LeBron with shooters and shit. He will at least get you to the finals. Outside of Luca, who are like the. <laughs> this is gonna sound fucked up. But who are like. Top white players? Top white, like, <laughs> franchise players. Like, you can build a franchise around this Caucasian basketball player. But see, when you think Caucasian, Luca doesn't even fall under that. He's European. Yeah, yeah, he's white. No, no, I feel you on that. But when you think Caucasian, you think born and brought up in America, <laughs> playing a good old fat. I mean, besides Larry Bird, yeah, I can't think of anybody else that's came since. Yeah, man, Gordon Hayward was getting there before the injury. Yeah, no, yeah, he. he you're right. I'm not yeah. going to downplay that one. Yeah, he was getting there, but franchise player, like, no, nah, he was the Jazz's franchise player, and he was progressively getting better every year yeah. until he wheeled them to the playoffs, and they were a really good team. And then he left and got that injury. You know what I mean? Yeah, nah, you're right, you're right. I'm not going to hate on, I'm yeah. not going to hate on, bro. Yeah, because the Jazz with Gordon Hayward pre-injury are better than the Jazz with the Donovan Mitchell as their best player. Damn. Y yes, I said it. 
So you would take Gordon Hayward pre-injury if over Donovan Mitchell? If I'm the Utah Jazz, I am taking Gordon Hayward in his prime pre-injury before I'm taking Donovan Mitchell. Well, Donovan Mitchell, he's in his third year now. This is his third year in the league. He is. So you're saying third year in the league, Gordon Hayward is better than But I think Gordon Hayward would have been on a different trajectory had he decided to stay in Utah, who was on the up and up, and not go to Boston and have that injury happen to him. Bro, you know, you got to think about it. The whole reason why he's declining now, I mean, he's, he's coming up again. Like, he's starting to play pretty good again. But the whole reason why he kind of fell off was not only because of the injury, but after he came back from the injury, he was trash of all of last year because he was trying to get used to his new team. Every yeah. year he's getting used to new teammates. You know what I mean? Getting used to a new system. While rehabbing. Not only rehabbing, but gaining the confidence back. Yeah. No, I hear you, bro. No, I definitely hear you on that. I would say this, though. The one thing that actually got me, I don't know if we talked about it before, but uh, before LeBron came back to Cleveland in 2014, Kyrie was trying to bring Gordon Hayward over to Cleveland. And have them start a little yeah, duo. Yeah. And now we're talking about a young Kyrie and a young Hayward. Now you're talking about him going on that same trajectory. That would have been something to see. Yep. You feel me? But even like Kyrie and Hayward when they first like teamed up in Boston and they did that press conference, I'm like, we were like, oh, this shit's about to be lit. They never got a chance. Yeah, exactly. At all. Even if you talk about, oh, what was it? They had that one year after he came back and he was kind of, it was never the same. Yeah, exactly. Like people forget, man, when Gordon Hayward was a free agent, like, Every teams were chasing him. Like, he was doing meetings and shit. Like, like he was <laughs> My man was doing numbers out here. My man was doing the Googles. He was doing the meetings. <laughs> nah, man. Shout out to all the white basketball players out there. Hell yeah, keep doing y'all thing. Tyler Hero, we see you. Mr. Bucket. <laughs> yeah, Tyler Hero's nice. Hey, I still, I still be dying off the fact that some kid really just went up to him and had him autograph a fucking bucket, bro. Like an like an actual like an actual bucket. Like, <laughs> the like, kid went up to him, had him autograph like a bucket. Like an empty like bucket of like, paint type shit. Yeah, just like an empty bucket. That's kind of swag. <laughs> you feel <Yeah>. me? <laughs> I fuck with that. It's like, hey, sign my bucket, Mr. Bucket. <laughs> hey, can't nobody tell you shit, you feel me? Yeah. Like at that point, like you you in practice, you get dogged on. Yeah. Man, I'm a bucket, man. Even these kids know I'm a bucket. <laughs> <laughs> you think Tyler Hero says nigga? <laughs> <laughs> Behind closed doors, maybe. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, man, just so that way, you know, <laughs> we not the not your average basketball podcast. <laughs> I was going to I was just going to say, like, how do we transition from basketball into these next set of topics that we're going to talk about? Well, shit, we're going to do it like this. <laughs> but now nah, you got it. You got it. But nah, man, you know, we was just thinking us being a two coin podcast. We just wanted to bring it back to the essence of what we about. <laughs> essence. Don't ever say essence again. <laughs> Don't ever say essence again. Bring it back to the pureness of what we about. But uh, yeah, man, we gonna get into some uh, some little little conversations about being immigrants, about lifestyles, what could have been, what uh, you know what I mean, some things like that, this and that. But we gonna start off first with um, shit, man. I let you uh, I let you go first, and I'll take it after. What do you think your life would look like if your folks never moved to America? Trash. <laughs> <laughs> Please expand, <laughs> bro. I mean, like. Like, if, if you really think about it, like, me being here in America is just out of pure, like, luck. Like, I mean, my my dad's whole story was, like, he left uh, he left Sudan when he was, like, around my age, like, what, 23, 24. He got to Saudi Arabia. He lived there for, like, 15 years. Then he went back, got married, had me. And in then, Saudi. Yeah, in Saudi, and was just planning on spending his life there, basically. In Saudi. In Saudi. Until one day, one of his friends. Walid could have been a Saudi yeah, for life. Yeah, I mean, you yeah. technically are, but. <laughs> hey, thank God. <laughs> I'm so, but thank God, dude. Anyway, um, yeah, that was, that would have been. My the man traded in that oil money for that rap money. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been the trajectory of my life if it wasn't for one of my dad's friends who now lives in New York who said, hey, man, I'm about to apply for a visa. It's like this thing called the um the lottery visa where they grant, like, Immigrants from Africa. I don't, I'm not sure what countries they select from, but it's like a random pool of applicants, basically, and they select the most qualified immigrant. <laughs> <laughs> Who the most qualified black man in here? But yeah, it's basically like random selection. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, like name out of a hat type of shit. Damn. So yeah, like my dad. How the fuck you judge who's like most qualified if you just randomly drawing? I mean, I, t- I don't fucking know. To that's be a, honest, that's a, nah. That's just a trick, yeah. though. You feel me? Yeah, but like. My dad went to apply with um, a few of his friends. Most of them didn't get selected. He Damn, got selected. Okay. 
and then he was just thinking about not even going. Just because his homie said yeah. no. And then, yeah. yeah hey, that's the real day one right there. they were like, bro, you going. Like, they talked him in. They'd be like, no, go. <laughs> so he ended up going. And I was fucking five years old. Landed in New York. And now here I am. But, um. That's main, bro. Back to, like, if, if, if that hadn't happened, that just chance of sheer luck, I would have grown up in Saudi Arabia. You think in Saudi? You don't think you would have been back in Sudan? I would have probably been back in Sudan by now. Like, you would have probably, yeah. I'm guessing, like, shit, maybe middle school yeah, I mean, like, would have been that turning point. As I grew up, like, my dad was telling me, like, he never really liked Saudi Arabia. And he was going to go back to Sudan at one point. Okay. Because he was, like, he was telling me about all, like, the racist shit that happened to him over there. I was about like to that. ask you, like, what, I mean, based on what he was telling you, like, what was, like, that type of uh, atmosphere for a black person up in Saudi? I mean, there's a lot of Sudanese people in Saudi Arabia. So, I mean... Sudanese people in general, I mean, we speak Arabic, but, like, in the Arab world, quote-unquote, because we're not an Arab country, we're in Africa. In the Arab world, like, Saudi Arabia, like, Iraq, Syria, like, all those countries you can name, right? Like, they don't really fuck with us, man. They really don't. Like, it's a lot of, like, racism, like, some more obvious than others. I feel like Egyptian people take the cake for being the most racist towards Sudanese people. Damn, for real? Yeah, like, they fucking... Do not like us for whatever reason, and like there's like tension there. So. But there, it has been the case for years. And yeah, centuries. yeah, for years, for years. Because they used to, like, before we got our independence, it was um, Sudan was governed like basically was split in half between like England, like the British Empire, and Egypt, right? Okay. So based off that, they just kind of think they're like high and mighty. <laughs> yeah, high and mighty. So them, among others in the Arab world, like act. Very racist towards Sudanese people, but that's neither here nor there. Um, that's just facts. Yeah, yeah. So, my dad was telling me like a bunch of stories that I won't divulge here about like yeah. a bunch of like racist encounters with people and the lack of respect in the workplace and shit like that, and how he was eventually going to go back to Sudan and that type of shit made him appreciate home more and his people more. You know what I mean? This is all. This is all when he was yeah, in yeah, Saudi. Yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then he came to America and he was like, "I decided to stay here because you know it's a better life. I have more opportunity, et cetera, et cetera," and there is racism, but it's not as like prevalent, blatantly obvious, like as it is out there. So, I mean, here at least people are more willing to listen to your story, like nah. the ones that aren't. I mean, racist, you know. Yeah. Damn, no, I feel it. Man. I mean, shit, bro. Like for me personally, like you said, that was like the perfect way. To, it was literally like a luck of the cards, or like a, a like it's like rolling a dice and hoping you hit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I was born in Bangalore. You feel me? And I had stayed there till I was like four or five. We only came here because, like, my mom, she got, like, a job opportunity within her company for, like, a six. I think it was, like, a, I could be wrong. It was, like, a four to six month type thing where she got uh, she got sent to the East Coast. And uh, we was living in New Jersey at first. And Shout out to Newark. Yeah, I was there. <laughs> Shout first out to Joyzy. Yeah. But, um, nah, so we went there. And then, you know, obviously I came out with her. I was staying. Um, I would go back and forth with my aunt that was actually living out in Boston at the time. Uh, or near Boston, I think. But, um. We end up going back to India after that thing, and then they end up calling her back like, "Yo, you've been selected f- for like a, a more permanent situation." Crazy thing is, is like, we was all like, me and my dad, we came, uh, we came to America under my mom's. You feel me? Mm-hmm. So like, anything that happened with the job, this and that, it was all on her type thing. Yeah. So it was. Then when we when we came to California, my mom's got a different job opportunity up in California. Yeah. But the only way she could switch jobs is. If wherever she's applying to or wherever, whoever's saying they, they'll offer it, they also got to offer a visa for the whole family. Oh, shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like the minute, so, bro, my mom used to tell me hella shit about the, because uh, the dude she used to work under in, um, up in the East Coast, mm. even uh, my dad ended up getting a job at the same spot. They would tell me this dude was a straight dick. Really? And guess what he was? Indian. Fucking Indian, really? bro. He would literally give my, like, he would make sure, like, my folks never had weekends off type shit, would always just fucking be on their asses, threaten them on firing them, fucking just ca- talking shit to them, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just always down on them. And it was just one of those, it's like, you kind of got to take it, because if you say fuck it, well, all of us are going yeah, back to yeah, India, yeah, you know what I mean? livelihood is at stake. But yeah. it's crazy. And you know what's fucked up? They be knowing that, too. They do, bro. So they leverage that as an excuse they to be a piece of do. shit. Yeah, and and you know what the sad thing is, bro? It's it's just sad how it's like your own people doing it to you. You yeah. feel me? Like you supposed you supposed to understand how hard it is for Indians to come out here. Yep. And you gonna be Indian yourself and make it hard for us to like. You know what I mean? Was he from like a 
a different like state. Yeah, but I don't know too much about dude like that. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like like I said, bro, I was like five, six. I moved to California when I was like six, seven. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I w- I was still I was still young to the point where I remember. I remember going in the office and fucking. Come like, on, man! You wasn't woke. You didn't see racism at six <laughs> years old, <laughs> bro. No, going back to uh, no, I'm gonna come back to that in a second. But fucking um, nah, going back to like what my life would be like if uh they never moved out, bro. I honestly think I would have been just raised up in in Bangalore, bro, where I was born. Like it was one of those Bangalore is still a southern state. It's uh, you know what I mean. It's one state away from Kerala. Yeah. And then uh, Karnataka, which is the name of the state. Bangalore mm-hmm. is the name of the city. And my dad's from another city in Karnataka, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it was like family's all, it's not local, but it's way more local than it is now type shit, you know yeah. what I mean? I would have just been another one of my cousins to keep it a buck with you. Yeah, I was going to say too, like, if I would have grown up in Sudan, because the question was, would you, what would your life have been like if you didn't come to the States, right? Yeah. If I didn't come to the States, like, I mean, the trajectory of my life was already like set in motion before that, right? So yeah. I would have been in Saudi Arabia, it would have been another foreign country. And it would have been bad, like, I wouldn't have liked it because I have friends who grew up there and yeah. I have cousins who grew up there that tell me, like... It was your shit. Yeah, they, like, uh, for them, like I'm, like, I'm sure the country is a really good country, you know what I mean? Like, it has its perks, like, everything. Like I'm Saudi, sure, we are not I'm, shitting on I'm you. I'm sure the majority of the, uh, of the people are, are, are very good people and they mean well, but, like, just in general, just, like, the, the treatment of, you know, black people over yeah. there, just, like, it's not good, you know what I mean? So, but if I would have grown up in Sudan... It's different, That's man. That's a different thing. It's yeah. different. Like, I would have probably grown up broke, poor, and fucking struggling for my next meal, like most of my family. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, th- it's crazy to think, like, where life could have been. And that's also, like, why it's important to go back and visit as often as you can, I think, because it gives you a different perspective and you fucking, like, appreciate all the little things that you don't notice and take for granted on a day to day basis out here. Like, just having, like, an indoor house, like, Having everything we clean got around us to right walk now. on, a clean bathroom, like a good functioning kitchen, like little shit like that. A fucking bed that's fucking yeah, not exactly. Car- not not fucking hardwood with like a fucking three inch. And we mattress talked about this it. before. You ever go out there, sleep on the beds, and then come back your <laughs> first day? You ever notice how much more comfortable your fucking mattress bruh, is? Bro, this shit to when feels like a brand new Mancini's Sleep yeah. World shit, bro. Yeah, exactly. He is not lying. So yeah, it gives you a whole different perspective, man. So. For sure. Obviously, yeah, nah, bro. Like one hundred percent, just one of those. It gets you appreciating life and looking at the little things. Is like, man, maybe this, maybe this ain't as bad as you know what I yeah. mean. Yeah. Because I always look at it like, bro, my situation out here, bro, I'm fucking beyond blessed compared to any of my fucking cousins. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah, and then it gives you like a, an appreciation for your parents because you realize they the fuck they had to do to yeah, get here. Yeah, they they broke their back for you to have this life, so. Big facts, man. Big facts. Shout out to our mom and dad. You feel me? Yes, sir. Mama pops, I love y'all. Yes, sir. But uh, here's here's the other side of the <laughs> the other side of the coin. Yeah, he said it. He said it. <laughs> do you ever wish that you had grown up, or even think about the benefits of growing up from back home? Yeah, I do, man. Because every time I go back, like obviously, like the little things that I just mentioned, like the day to day, like luxuries that we have here, aren't available out there. But at the same time, it's a different side of life that you get to enjoy more out there that you don't enjoy out here is like just being with your family. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I have my family here, like my mom, dad, my brother, my sister, but that's it. That's it. Like I don't have cousins. I don't have uncles out here. You know what I mean? Exactly. All my cousins, all my aunts, uncles, grandma, everybody that's like immediate, like not immediate family members are out there in one community and close to each other. And there's a very tight knit family type structure out there. Everything you do, any you know meal I mean? you eat, any place you go, you're going with some family or the other. Like I have a healthy functioning, good relationship with each and every one of my cousins and i got over 40 cousins just on my mom and dad's side so i mean just on your mom's side just on my mom and dad's side like as in like my first cousins you know what i mean oh yeah yeah, okay 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 well we ain't gonna get into second cousins (laughs) because that's just like a run-on statement dog. yeah but um yeah man like it would have been different for sure but i would have been a lot closer to my family than i am now damn i feel it i feel it yeah yeah But, um, nah, man, hey, I, I 100% agree with you, bro. Like, I feel like the biggest thing that I, like, miss growing up that I saw, like, everybody else have out here. And obviously, you know what I mean? Bro, I had better opportunities than a lot of people, you know what I mean? Better opportunities than my family. But one thing I always look back that's always been, like, a missing key to me is just family. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and exactly. it's one of those, like, now that I'm older, too, and I realize it and I can see it, bro, like, how much my folks is missing their family. Mm-hmm. 
Because it's like, yeah, I'm over here. I grew up without kind of like a family identity out in America. Mm. In the sense, it was just me, my moms, and my pops. We always was there for each other. That's it. Yeah. You know what I mean? But as far as like extended family, mom, siblings, pop siblings, cousins, this and that, I probably saw them a hand, like maybe like six, seven times out of my life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just one of those. I'd say that's like the biggest thing that like I've always, I, I'm not going to lie with you, bro. Like even whenever I go back and visit, like, one thing I always think is like, damn, what if I just didn't go back to America and I just like kind of just continued my life here? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Mm. But then, I, like you say, you think about all the benefits of living out here versus exactly. there. Like it's, literally the benefits, like health and dental. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the benefits. What and what? <laughs> yeah, vision. <laughs> 401k. <laughs> like, what the <laughs> fuck is a 401k out there, man? Like, niggas be fucking 50 years old or 40, 30 years old unemployed. But see, that's the thing too. Unemployment. I, I I try to tell people, bro. Like, unemployment and being broke in America, and you know what I mean, yeah. is so different than being broke out in India. Yeah. Cause you got to think, like, you see motherfuckers out here begging for change, right? Yep. They begging for, and they get a couple couple dollars, ten dollars, twenty dollars, maybe. The top fucking hustlers get a hundred dollars a day. I don't know. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. You go to India, bro. Now we talking about motherfuckers is handing you prices. Motherfuckers is handing you uh fucking rupees. Next thing you know, man, end of the day, you might have eighty rupees. Convert that bitch to fucking dollars. You got a dollar twenty five cents at the end of the goddamn <laughs> the Patrick day. Patrick meme, I, I have three dollars. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, it's crazy, and it's worse. Like, uh, the worse the economy is of the country. Like, yeah, India's economy is like it's it's not good, but it's like it's improving. But Sudan, it's like, whew, it's one of the worst in the world, bro. Like, honestly, like you can have like a good paying job. Well, not a good paying job, but like a prestigious job. And, and I make shit. And still be broke. So it's like, <laughs> well, why am I working? I might as well be unemployed if I'm still going to struggle. But here's bro, the thing. Doctors are still like like scraping pennies. Like, But I'll tell you this, though. Now you, you brought up unemployment. I'm I'm saying this off of, like like I said, I I can't 100% validate this. This is based off of what I see, what I know, and prior knowledge. Ain't no fucking unemployment in it, like outside of America or yeah. in like certain like European countries and yeah. countries that's well off. You know what I mean? Yeah. When you're talking about collecting a fucking like a check every month, Government ain't giving you shit. Nope. If you broke, you broke. You ain't eight and fucking six months. Guess yeah. what? You're not eating for the next six. Yeah, for real. It's like, go get a job, motherfucker. <laughs> but nah, man. It's like, I tried. Try harder. It's crazy. Yeah, like, it's like every man for himself type shit. So. But now nah, we touched on this briefly. It's like um, the whole thing with, like, the cousins and shit, how life would have been different if we lived out there. We would have probably had, like, more accessibility to our, like, our, our family members, but... I mean, how do you think your relationship is now with your family members out there versus what it could have been if you had grown up there? Man, to be honest with you, like, I'm just now turning around and, like, starting to have a relationship with a lot of my family. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I had a select few cousins that I was cool with. Mm. You know what I mean? And, like, a select few cousins, not even by choice. It was just by... By second nature, whenever the few times that we happen to hang out, it just happened to be love, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But even then, it was just, when you come back to America and you go through your day-to-day, -day, next thing you know, it's just, it always used to feel like, uh, you know, they could reach out to me. And granted, they actually, like, a lot of my aunts and shit, like, they would reach out to me time to time when I was, like, especially, like, after I turned 18 or whatnot, once I, once I moved out, because mm -hmm. they knew, like, oh, they can't just call the house to get me. Mm -hmm. They would try and this and that, but I always just... I always felt like, bro, I don't know you. Yeah. At the same time, it was just like, I wanted to get to know you, but I had nothing to relate with you about. And I just, I, I, I used to think like, you know what? Fuck it. If it didn't happen, it wasn't meant to be. Yeah. But I would say now I'm in that state, um, especially, like, I don't even want to say especially since my cousin died. I want to, like, I'd say probably a couple months before, maybe like this last summer when that whole situation happened with me and you know what I mean? Uh, this last summer, it really got me thinking about like, you know what I mean? being in touch with family and being in touch around around people that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's actually your blood and, like... Yeah, and it's, like, at the end of the day, it's, like, yeah, you might be right. Like, you don't really have much to talk about or, like, relate to or a reason to reach out, but it's, like, those people are going to show you love no matter what. You know what I mean? Exactly, Yeah, man. even if they haven't spoken to you in years. Like and, and, and my bad, man. And you know what? Uh, the, the I, just, I just thought about it, bro. Like, the other thing that really actually got me... Uh, Wanted to know my folk, like, m like my family a lot. 
like I tell you all the time, bro, I never knew my dad's side of the family. You know what I mean? Yeah. And even my pops tells me, like, him growing up, he never had, a, like, a real relationship with them like that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, like, he, he, he used to always look at my mom's family and, like, them as, like, as his own type shit. And then me mm -hmm. and him have had these convos and shit. He was just like, bro. And he would tell me, like, yo, don't lose connection with these people. This and that. Even if you don't feel nothing or this and that, it's going to haunt you later on in life. Mm -hmm. And it got me thinking, man, especially when I have kids, I want them to be able to be like, oh, yo, uh, I'm about to go kick it with Uncle This, Uncle That. And all the uncles don't got to be my friends. Yeah. It can actually be some like, yo, this was your grandmother's sister's kid. Yeah. That's how he's your that uncle. That should be an automatic re relationship there. You know what yeah. I mean? It's, it doesn't got to be one of those, oh, this is your uncle because daddy grew up with him type shit. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Exactly. It's, it's uncle because it's family because it's blood. Yeah. And, and bro, that's not to say at the end of the day, bro, I got people that's way closer to me than blood will ever be. Yeah. But it's just, I'm thinking of it in the sense of like, me having that mentality came through life experiences. You feel me? Yeah. A kid's still going to go to school and not know anybody from his dad's side of the family. Yeah. That's going to be a cycle of what the fuck happened to me. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a, a sign of maturity, too, when you grow up and you try to form those relationships that weren't there before. So, I mean, it's tough, man, because, like, you used to have the excuse of, man, they're all the way out there. I'm all the way over here. I can't reach out to them. But it's like now... You have so many mediums and so many outlets of reaching out to these people and, like, talking to them every day if you wanted to. And it's like, so there's really no more excuse, man. Like At all. You're an adult. They're adults. It's like, if you want to have the relationship, you will make the effort. <laughs> you grown, they grown. Like, let's make exactly. it happen. Not and it's like, I'm, I'm not the best either, man. Like, I'll be the first to admit, like, even, like, my closest friends, like, the ones that moved away or the ones that, like, aren't, like, in close proximity to me anymore. Like, I tend to lose touch with them, like, pretty easily because I'm, I'm not the one to, like, pick up the phone and just check up on each individual person. As shitty as it sounds, it's like, yeah. you know what I mean? So, with family, especially if they're living all the way out there and the structure of life for them is so much different than the structure of life for me, it's like, my worries are so much different than their worries. And it's just like, it's so hard to communicate that to them. So, it's tough to just reach out and, like, find some common ground on some shit you can really, really talk about without having to be small talk. Yeah. But you got to build it somewhere. You know what I mean? You got to start somewhere. To an extent, not even to sound like it, it, it's something that you have to do, but it's like sometimes you got to force certain conversations just to break through yeah. a barrier. You exactly. know what I mean? Exactly. Like, it's usually, like, the deep conversations that you wouldn't expect to have with somebody always start off with small talk. Yeah. And they always lead to something bigger. So it could be that way with family, too. And, it, like, once you have that deep conversation with somebody who's a blood relative of you and you find out things that you didn't know about them or, like, you find out how similar they are to you and you didn't even realize it, it's crazy, man. Man, hey, it's it's wild that you just said that, bro, because when I was out uh, with my whole cousin's thing overseas or whatnot, um, uh, I, I had one night when I ended up just, you know what I mean? It was, like, three days after we had found out the whole shit with him. Um... I end up just wilding out out there, you feel me? Um, for those of y'all that ain't watch our last podcast, you know what I mean? Rest in peace. My cousin passed away uh, a couple weeks ago. But so when I was out there, I was out, I was actually out in Italy uh, with his family, you know what I mean? Being around and whatnot. I think it was like two, three days after, um, you know what I mean? They had announced that this and that, like he's not, he's no longer with us. I end up just going and wilding out out in Italy. You feel me? Mm -hmm. I'm over here getting faded, fucking trying to fight some random dude. Just you know what I mean. Uh, when we were driving, next thing you know, I'm fucking just at some random. Like I'm just running around, just fucking being a dumbass. But you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Just just getting mad at dumb shit for no reason. Obviously, in the, in the moment, I'm just trying to figure out how to cope with whatever the fuck is going on. Yeah. The next day, my fucking mom's youngest brother, like her youngest sibling, he pulls me aside, my uncle Thunga, and he was just like. Yo, you need to, like, you know what I mean? I'm not even trying to come at you on some, like, uh, I'm trying to sun you. It's just you really need to see what you're doing and, like, you're going down a life you don't want to go through. Like, you feel me? And he was just talking about, like, my drinking habits and whatnot. And the crazy thing is he was like, bro, I was just like you when I was your age. You may not believe it. And then he got into this whole story about um, he was telling me how he damn near almost killed somebody when he was uh, a little younger than me because the dude decided to come, like, uh, um, he was some random dude in the village or whatnot was talking shit to my grandpa, his pops, mm -hmm. and, like, would just keep coming back, talking shit, but just walk past the road. And my cousin, uh, my uncle and his older brother, my other uncle, 
they would just, um, they would always be like, nah, bro, like, don't be coming back around here, this and that, you feel me? Mm-hmm. Like, find a different way to walk the fuck home, like, if you won't disrespect our father like that, this and that, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He ended up coming back, next thing you know, my uncle was like, he just walked out with a knife and fucking ran up to do with the knife, like, you know what I mean? Oh, shit. And then I guess my, um, he said, like, my mom's and my grandma went and grabbed him, pulled him back, and, like, was on, like, jumped on him type shit. This, it was just one of those, he was just like, going back to what you said about you never know how the little conversations can lead into something deeper and you learn something about somebody you didn't know. Yep. All this started with, hey, man, wake up. We about to get some breakfast. Exactly. And it goes back to my earlier point of saying, yeah, you might not know these people as you would uh, as much as you would like, but... They're you. Yeah, well, for them, it's always going to be love, even if they feel the same way. You know what I mean? So you got to kind of reciprocate that. Facts. So it's like him connecting with you um, with that story. What it's it started out with like him just showing love and like caring about you and like giving you genuine advice and like trying to connect. Yeah. And this is somebody you probably like you said you haven't really had a heart to heart like that with them before. Yeah. But he's more than willing to because he realizes your family. Exactly. So, I mean, it's on you to reciprocate that love. You feel me? And the biggest thing as far as like keeping this connection with family, what really got me too is just like I sit there and think I'm like, bro, the day like God forbid, like it's not gonna happen, but. The day my mom's no longer with me is the day that I always sit there and I think, like, I lose all connection with my family. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because, yeah, she's, like, the conduit to it. Like You feel me? Yeah. She's that bridge between me and the rest of who I am. Yeah. And I, I seen it firsthand, bro, because um, my senior year of high school and then, like, I think two years after that, both times I went to Sudan alone. And it's, like, I realized every time I go with, like, my mom, it's so much more lit because... You know, she has those conversations well, that, fuck I, come out. Yeah, that I can't necessarily have with people and like she makes shit happen. You know what I mean? But if I'm out there, it's like I got to kind of like build that relationship on my own. Exactly. So I kind of like learned to how to like navigate and how to like interact with these people, with my family. Facts. Without bro, having yes. my mom there as kind of like a crutch for me to be able to communicate with them, if that makes sense. Yeah, you know nah, I mean? bro. Hey, put it this way, man. You speak Arabic. I speak Malayalam like halfway. I can understand it, though. So when you talking about being a crutch, bro, mom, it was one of those when I wouldn't understand certain people what they said. I turned to my mom, and be like, "Yo, what, what the fuck you talking about?" Yeah, and my mom be like, "Hey, you know what I mean?" Yeah. I'd be like, "Hey, yo, tell her this," and then she would tell him. Yeah. But then like my at, right after I graduated high school that summer, uh, my folks ended up sending. Um, it was like right before my gra- uh, like right after my grandpa died. My mom was like, "Yo, I want you to go out to India." You know what I mean? I want you to like you don't know next time you are gonna see these people. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. now that you leaving the house and all that. So I was like, cool. That was the first time I went to India by myself. Mm-hmm. And like you were saying, like, I realized how much of a crutch yeah. my mom's was because, yeah. bro, when I went, remember I told, remember I keep telling you that one story when it was like my second weekend, uh, my second week in India, uh, I was at my fucking uncle's house in Palakkad, which is like this little small town, mm-hmm. little, little village town or whatnot. And I woke up with fucking 60 mosquito bites all over my body. <laughs> yeah. This is the same family. They don't speak English like that. You feel me? Mm-hmm. Except for two of my cousins, two of their kids. The rest, everybody in the village, in the town, all, they don't speak English like that. You know what yeah. I mean? So it was one of those, like, my, I don't got a phone that work. You feel yeah. me? You better fucking learn or yeah. guess what? You're not eating <laughs> or you're time not for critical thinking. <laughs> Facts, bro. So now I'm sitting here taking all, like, I got all my cousins talking fucking shit because I'm over here trying to speak Malayalam and they're like, oh, you sound like They're laughing dumbass. at you and shit. Yeah. Like, you fucking retard. <laughs> You can't talk. <laughs> you want to what? <laughs> like, I'm over here like, man, fuck these motherfuckers. They don't know. I, I hate that shit, man. But yeah, keep going. Nah, but nah. And then <laughs> you get mad at yourself. And then the minute you walk out, you back in the bullshit. So it's like, yeah. you know what? Let me just fucking learn it. Take the lumps right now. Yeah. Yes, I'm a foreigner. Yes, I don't know shit. This and that. Y'all yeah. still my family, right? Fuck y'all. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, yeah, watch. Y'all coming to America. Bet I'll be fucking making fun of y'all foreign asses. Man. <laughs> like... <laughs> Hey, Jerry, if you listening, bro, yeah. know your Italian ass think you better than me, man. Get your fob out, sorry. I dare <laughs> you to come out here and wear some leather sandals. <laughs> hey, I'm, I, I'm not going to. See if you don't get clowned. <laughs> man, I got to call. Bro, that's so <laughs> facts, bro. Leather sandals and a lungi, man. Yeah, man. Try to walk out here with a towel on and a fucking <laughs> two leather sandals. Yeah. Toes sticking out, yeah. dick all free. Oh, my God, is that your <laughs> Halloween costume? <laughs> no, I'm just hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to the store. Man, bro. But nah, it's just cultural differences, bro. Yeah, for sure. 
But it's a trip, man. It's it's a fucking trip, right? You ever feel like only you understands you? Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> you feel me? Yeah. yeah, it's crazy, man, because sometimes you feel like your situation is so unique, but at the same time there's people who are going through a similar situation, not the exact same one that you are, that but you maybe, can kinda yeah. relate to, so that's always cool. And that's that's why my parents like love America so much per se, because of all the diversity and things they wouldn't have learned. Had they had stayed in Sudan, they would have been just closed-minded and ignorant to the outside world. So it gives them a different perspective, a different worldview. I say, yeah, man. I say with America, at least, it's like, yeah, you got all the bullshit in it. Yeah, you got all, like, every, everything wrong that comes with it. But one of the biggest beauties that I see with this is, like you said, like, you get that connection with people from all different walks of life. It's like a, it's like a, it's a, how do I describe it? Like, America's like a microcosm for, like, the rest of the world. It's like... It's a melting pot, man. So you meet a lot of different cultures and you end up being like wiser and smarter than you were when you were in your homeland. You know what I mean? Facts. So, I mean, think about like, uh, like our, what was it? When we was at state after we moved off campus, Mm -hmm. our fucking house for four years was literally two white dudes, an Indian, an African, a black guy and an Asian. Yeah. Yeah, Where else in the wild. fucking world would you have yeah. that combination? And it's not something you really notice until somebody points it out. Exactly. You know? Because guess what? You uh, like you walk around San Jose, you just see a bunch of different races intermingling yeah. with a bunch of different races. Yeah, you but know like what I mean? Everybody else that's not in America, it's like, that shit's crazy. It's like... Yeah, nah, because I'm... And then, and then going back to, like, if I grew up in India, bro, all I would have is Indian friends, all I would have is Indian classmates, all I would have is Indian coworkers, all I would... You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the biggest trip to me, I it's probably the same for you. Whenever, whenever I go back, it's wild. Like I feel like I'm walking through a sea of like myself. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, like, man. I do not stick out. At yeah, you all. feel like you don't stand out as much. You know, it's like, it's crazy. Everybody there looks like you, and everybody there is like, they don't like. It, it, it's weird, man. You feel more at home, but at the same time, it's you like feel you're so not, out of place. Yeah, yeah. It's like a weird little fucking, and it's the same way you feel out here. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, exactly. You feel like you at like. Here, it's like you feel more at home than out of place. There, you feel more out of place while you're at home. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. It's weird, man. It's like, like you said, a lot of people won't ever understand what that feels like. (laughs) (laughs) You know? It's just one of them things. But like you said, like, you're around all, all, like, your people. So, I mean, that leads me to, like, our next topic is, like, like, marriage-wise, spending the rest of your life with, obviously, if you grew up out there, you would have probably married an Indian chick, ninety five percent chance. But it's like now, you got options, man. Hey, before you I even, hey, before I even talk about, I want, I, I want the people to hear your, sh- uh, your opinion on this, bro. Because I'm not gonna lie, fuck, uh, because I know you and me have talked about it a couple times, and I know how where you stand with it. Mm-hmm. But over the past, like I'd say, the past year, I've started had shifting my mindset low key to that same mindset. Yeah. But go ahead and let the people know real quick. Yeah, I mean, so like. I don't know. I can't speak for everybody else, but for like in in my family, obviously like Sudanese culture is very like important and it's very like it's practiced and it's a tight knit family community. And nobody outside my family married out married a non Sudanese person, right? And so if I have this close relationship with my aunts, uncles, grandparents, cousins, like second cousins, third cousins, my mom's cousins, you know what I mean? It's it's gonna be to a point where all those people are gonna attend your wedding. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's like, do you really want to take the risk of mar- like spending the rest of your life with somebody who's doesn't understand? Yeah, it. who doesn't understand your culture? You know what I mean? I feel like because that's a big part of who I am. If not a hundred percent, yeah, it's like if you're not s- like Sudanese, it's gonna be really hard for you to understand like my perspective and like my culture and the way my family operates and the way I do things and the way like cultural practices keep me from doing certain things you know yeah. it has to be somebody who's Sudanese to fully understand me as a person but now with you I feel like it's like a it's like um two not two-sided but it's like a two a two-part thing you know what I mean not only are you Sudanese now you Muslim yeah exactly so I mean for me it's like the biggest thing is marrying somebody who is also a Muslim Right. Before Sudanese. Before before Sudanese. But then it gets down to the point of, okay, the Sudanese thing matters too. Like for me it's like she she has well, to be hey, my bad, I didn't cut you off. What would be worse? You marrying a non Sudanese Muslim or you marrying a non Muslim Sudanese? Uh the second one. Non Muslim Well, no, no. Cause, uh, Does she gotta know. be 
Sudanese, you gotta be Muslim. Like, if you have to pick one. You have to be Muslim. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, I, I mean, I that's just that. me. Like, that's, a, that's, people might see that and be like, oh, what the fuck is wrong? Nah, with that's, it's hey. like, you know what I mean? It's like, that's just, that's the, that's, that's the way I see things. Like, some, like, you have to share my, like, practices. You have to, like, understand me to a certain degree. Hey, for motherfuckers that don't understand that, like, this man's speaking fucking real ass facts, bro, because I got one of my, one of my older cousins, he ended up marrying a Muslim girl. Now, him and that girl, when they sit in Devon just by themselves, they got a decision to make. Are we going to be a Muslim family or are we going to be a Christ- a Catholic family? Exactly. And she decided to convert from Islam to uh, Christianity. Yep. And to be, yeah. And, and on her wedding day, when she was marrying my cousin, the only person from her side of the family that showed up to that wedding was her twin sister. Damn. Nobody else came from her family. Mom wasn't there. Brothers weren't there. Dad wasn't there. Yeah. Other sisters weren't there. No family, no aunts, no cousins. So, like, Brad, no, nah, I feel that that's one of those. It's like it runs deeper than deep. Like it's one of those situations where yeah, you might have a preference, but it's like sometimes you you, you end up. I mean, I'm not speaking for me, but it's like just life in general. People end up bumping into like soulmates and people who they are madly in love with that wasn't the person that they originally had in their head. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like oh shit, I'm married. Like this person is outside of my culture, but it's like I'm in love with them. So it's like at that point you have a decision to make. It's like. What do I want to do? It's like, and love will make you do crazy things, man. So, like, it's understandable for sure. Let me ask you this: What if, uh, what if you happen to find that? Sh- I mean, obviously, you know what? I'm not even gonna ask that because it's easier to say that now when you not have those feelings in you. Mm-hmm. But I was about to say, what if you marry somebody that was a non fucking Sudanese Christian? Yeah, I mean, if it if it happens, and I want it that badly for myself. But no, here's here's my second part of the question. Now, is it like time for her to make a decision, or is it? Or you one of those people that's willing to, you know what, like, I'm going to do, I'm going to practice my practice, you practice your practice, and we're going to do, uh, we're going to let the kids decide. That's like the American way, yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. I don't have the answer to that, man. It, there would have to be some type of middle ground. Like, I'm not going, I'm not the type of person that's going to be like, oh, it's my way or the highway. I'm going to try to meet you halfway. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? And We do this for if mine I'm gonna, and if we I do wanna, this for you. If you're the person that I choose to spend the rest of my life with, you automatically have to also meet me halfway. Yeah. You know, we have to have that mutual agreement. Otherwise, it won't even happen in the first place. Facts, facts. She wouldn't even be in this situation if she, yeah? Yeah, exactly. Hey, man, I mean, as far as, like, like like I said, that's why I wanted you to say that whole thing first, bro, because it was, to keep it a buck with you, like, growing up, I didn't really give a fuck about marrying within my race, within my people, because it was just one of those, like, I looked at it like, I don't see race. I don't see color. Nah, fuck all that. I <laughs> see race. I see color, bro. You black. Mark sitting over there, he black, you feel me? Yeah. I could go around everybody in this room, <laughs> in this fucking house, but everybody gonna be black, I'll be the only idiot. Yeah. But what I mean to say is, I just, I never really saw the value in it, and I'm starting to see the value in it recently, you yep. know what I mean? Yep. Like, because now it's, it's it's one of those, um, unlike you, my, my mom's uh, second oldest sister was the first one that married outside of our race, per se, as far as I know. Mm-hmm. She married my uncle, uh, who's German, you know what I mean? Yeah. The first person that married outside of our religion would be my mom's, like, cousin. Uh, I forgot her name, but she married a Hindu, mm-hmm. and she converted to Hindu. Okay. You know what I mean? But the thing is, is, like, when that whole thing happened, my mom was saying, like, the family wasn't fucking with her for a minute. Damn. You know what I mean? Yeah. On top of this, it's, like, it's one thing for me to do marry outside. It's one thing for me to marry a Muslim in America. Mm-hmm. It's a different thing for me to marry a Muslim in India. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's it's a lot like, more stigma. Exactly. Yeah. So it was just one of those, like, I didn't really think too much about, like, you know what I mean? And to this day, like, I'm not going to sit here and be like, yo, fuck that. Fuck all you other females and this and that. I'm only marrying any. It was just one of those. Now I see the benefit of it. And I see, um, and by benefit, I mean, it's just like when you're raising a kid, it's easier to raise a kid that it's just, you're dealing with one culture. And it's different too, bro. If I marry a North Indian and I'm South Indian, that's already two different cultures. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was one of those, like, I've thought about, like, damn, if I marry a Malu, a girl from Kerala, like, things could be a lot easier. But at the same time, it's like, I'm, I've also been the person where it's like, bro, I'm not going to lie. Like, I'm into other females. Like, I'm into other races. Yeah. Like, my, I mean, I'm, shit, bro. Like, I'm into black women like motherfuckers. You feel me? Mm-hmm. And on top of that, like, I love me and my Latinas. Mm-hmm. I never really met an Indian girl out here that's like on the same vibe as me where it was just one of those like not only is it beneficial for me like 
I don't see my vibe being beneficial for you. Like, I could see us fucking bumping heads, but trying to have this maintained just for the family. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But go back to the question. Do I prefer marrying within my race? Like, now, I wouldn't mind it, bro. Just because I see, like, at least for my kids, as far as the family, this and that, I see, like, the benefit it has mm-hmm. and the ease that it has to transition through everything. Like, you know yep, what I mean? exactly. And it's, like, to keep that... Because we were mentioning earlier, too, it's, like, for me, it's, like, when I have kids, eventually, I mean, I want to raise them the same way. Well, not the same way, but, like, I want to take some of the things that my parents did when they raised me um, and raise and raise my kids that way. And the biggest part of that is taking them back to Sudan so they can, like, be in touch with their roots and be aware of who they are and where they came from, you know? Facts. So, and I feel like in order to do that, they have to be Sudanese. Like, the wife has to be Sudanese. Like, Sudan is too close to my heart to be, like, away from it for, for too long. And I feel like marrying outside of my, my race would complicate that. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> it would just take it all And plus, out. like, the Sudanese women are my preference. I love y'all. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> so... Shit, that you heard it. Any of y'all Sudanese women listening? My DMs are open. His DMs is wide open. <laughs> Send him that paperwork. Yeah. Let him see if you qualify. <laughs> nah, man. It's facts, bro. And it, 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 that's honestly something that, like, I, I don't want to say it should be talked about more amongst, like, foreigners. Mm-hmm. But, like, I've had this conversation maybe, like, once or twice. But it's always been, like, ah, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just one of those, like, I'm talking about from me talking to a non-Indian foreigner, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. About it, it was like, oh, no, I love uh, American women. Like, this and that. It's just yeah. like, yeah, but, like, how you really feel? Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. what would it mean if, like, boom, you see this baddie right here? Yeah, I know you want to fuck, but what if you married her? How's your life going to look in 10 years? They're not, the not thinking about that. They're thinking about, bro, all I see is one race out here. Like, <laughs> I, I'm I, just trying I, to I like white them. bitches too, man. <laughs> but, see, it, it goes deeper than that. It's one thing to fuck a white female. It's another thing to wife one. Not saying white women is bad. I'm giving that an example, yeah. bro. You feel me? Because yeah. now you got to think about pe- people like you and me. When we get married, we're not just getting married in America. Yeah. Th- there's going to be a wedding back home. Yeah. You feel me? What is she doing, man? This motherfucker right here in the back is cracking me up. But anyway, keep going. Man. <laughs> I can't just sit there and try to ignore that. Hey, Mark, I need you to shut the fuck up unless you're going to get involved I, I, in the combo. I'm convo. trying to look away, and try, but yeah, I can't do it, man. Oh, oh, why you mention my name? Nobody, motherfuckers already fucking distracted by your ass, bro. That's Kundalini Wilson on IG. Unfollow that shit if you see it. Do not slide in his DMs. He an ugly motherfucker. But anyway. But yeah, man. Hey, one one last thing I want to say before we wrap this thing up. Um, I, I'm i going to phrase this as one question, but it's two questions. Uh-huh. What are some misconceptions of your people? And then also, what does racism look like back home? Misconceptions about my people, I have no idea because a lot of people couldn't fucking point Sudan out on a map, <laughs> and they don't know what the people. Hey, are but like. you're still African. That's still your yeah, people. Yeah. I mean, there's a misconception that we all live in fucking villages and hunt tigers and shit. That's not true. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it's not. But uh, yeah, I feel like that's the biggest misconception. Standard, like you live in Africa type shit, but. What was the second question? What's racism look like back home? I mean, the racism I've seen back home is just black people hate on other black people. And it's fucking depressing. And it's sad. A lot of our country's history uh, deals with genocide and war and fucking uh, South Sudan separating from the north because they're completely different people. And the previous government was trying to be Arab, even though the Arab countries didn't fuck with us and they didn't want trying us. Trying to be something Yeah, wasn't. trying to be an identity that, that we weren't. And so they started just, like, displacing all the South Sudanese people. And it's just, like, it's a whole bunch of just, like, racism towards your own. And that's what a lot of our country's history has been based off of. And it's fucked up. But that's what racism looks like to me back there. And I think think racism towards your own is, let me put this, let me put this right. I'm not going to say it's worse. But it can have far worse implications than racism um, inflicted on white people to to, to to black people outside of America, almost like in any other situation, yeah. because out there you got to think, man, you don't have as much resources, and it's like if the people in power that hold all the resources want to be, you know, r- like racist and that leads to war and that leads to genocide and that leads to like millions of people displaced and fucking famines and hungers and a whole bunch of catastrophes just off of motherfuckers being racist. Yeah. You know what I mean? Here, yes, I'm not gonna. Um, dismiss the whole 
you know, the systemic racism and the fight for um, freedom and justice for people who built this country. You know what I mean? Like, that's one of the worst catastrophes in the history of the world, for sure. But I feel like racism out there, the consequences are more severe, you know? Yeah. And it's, it, it's, it's, it's worse because there's supposed to be unity out there, and there's not much of it. At least in in Sudan, like when Sudan was one big country, the North and South, there's zero unity. And it's like these are these people, these are our people. We were always supposed to be two separate countries, but we never like found that common ground to where we could just come as one people and thrive as a nation. So, yeah. a lot of our history has to do with just like racism. So, no, I hear you. I mean, shit. I just I'll start out with the whole how racism looked like back home with us. It's just it's weird, bro, because it's when I see it and what I hear about it and, like, what I know from it, yeah, it's, like, you got racism based on different parts of India. Like, oh, they motherfuckers just think they better than you. Mm-hmm. And, like I said, it's just, it's racism against yourself when you really think about mm-hmm. it. All the way from the northern state of Punjab all the way down to Kerala, all the way to East India, all the way to the west, you mm-hmm. feel me? We all fucking Indian. Mm-hmm. But motherfuckers think that either they kind is better, they people is better, like, you feel me? Like, I remember I, uh, I was in an Uber with a fucking Punjabi dude the other day. He uh, probably like the same age as my pops, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And we were just talking. I, I told him I'm South Indian. And when I told him I was South Indian, he was like, oh, okay, cool, cool. As a, oh, we don't got beef with your people. But I'm just looking at it like, bro, like, we all fucking Indian. Yeah. But when I would talk to him, he was just like, don't refer to me as Indian. I'm a Punjabi. Yeah, but it's weird. I've noticed that a lot, too. Like, But it all I'll- goes back to, bro, our biggest thing is not even, like, state place it's it's all religious warfare yeah because in especially with like the dude that's in uh that's in power right now modi modi yeah this motherfucker's trying to convert india into an all hindu state that's impossible like Hind- like india is one of the most like religiously diverse nations i think it's the most religiously diverse nation in the world to an extent but the religion that has the most power hinduism mm-hmm. they have the most majority you know what i mean yeah but it's just one of those like it's crazy like i'm gonna I'm a go over here and fuck with this dude we are the same people, but we different religions. Yeah. You feel me? Yeah. So now it's automatically... Uh, God damn. <laughs> I'm over here burping like crazy. Yeah. But nah, I automatically look at it like, well, damn, bro. How you gonna be racist somebody that you, that's your own people, mm-hmm. but now we basing it off of a different criteria? You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And even outside all that, even within the Hindu, uh, even within the Hindu culture, bro, depending on your caste, what caste you was born into... Mm. You get segregated based on that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like motherfuckers that was born as priests and fucking uh in like the higher higher end of the cast, bro, they value themselves way higher. They can get higher uh as far as like their career or as far as their lifestyle or whatever they doing. Mm. They can advance way further than somebody that's at the bottom of the cast that was a peasant, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just crazy how it's it, going back to what you were saying about North and South Sudan like Bro, like we all like the f- even like what I was saying earlier, me being born in Karnataka, mm-hmm. completely different from my the southern state. That's like telling me you got Oregon and then you got California. You tell me Oregon and California speak different languages, different cultures, different beliefs, all that stuff? No. He's like, Yeah, they do, man. He's like, Yeah, they fucking speak uh <laughs> they speak Oregon duck. <laughs> man. But nah, man. It's it, it's just wild, bro. Like I, it's crazy when I look back at the racism back home and I look at it out here. It's just out here, it's like, damn, like it's a single race holding a grudge against another race. And, but you know what? Even on that same point, even Indians out here, bro, we got to do a better fucking job because it's growing up, every Indian I knew hated on the next Indian, bro. Yeah. Motherfuckers are just always trying to one up somebody. Meanwhile, you got all these other races sticking together, uniting. And you know what I mean? Yeah. That's the biggest, that's how I, even, that's how I see racism within my own people. But as far as misconceptions of my people, shit, do I got to start? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're, all, you're either cab drivers, 7-Eleven employees, or a fucking doctor. <laughs> you don't fucking tip, you smell like shit, yeah. and you drink whiskey. Like, what the fuck? And you drink whiskey. Motherfuckers just, you know, I'm not, y'all already know the misconceptions with Indian people, and that shit got to stop, bro. I'm going to tell yeah. y'all right now, yeah. man, not everybody's like that shit. Yeah. A lot of us is actually good people. Good folk. <laughs> A lot of us is cool. <laughs> the fuck out of my way, man. 
All right, man. So we was getting ready to end this, but this fool Mark literally decided to almost fuck up this entire recording system we got. So good job, Mark. You're part of the show. Yeah, I mean, we might as well end it now. <laughs> but nah, man. And we had a good-ass convo, bro. Yeah, like, for sure. Real yeah. shit, man. You got to keep that going. <laughs> Hell yeah. You know, <laughs> we two for two back-to-back yeah, weeks. Hell yeah. I'm the best at talking. <laughs> hell yeah, hell yeah. Shout out, Penn. <laughs> but uh, all right, y'all. It's your boy, Ronnie. We out of here. I'm Wally signing out. Uh-huh.